The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My guest today will be Paul Sporer, head of Sleeper in the Bus Podcast. Uh, you can see him at Fangraphs, Rotographs, Twitch, Twitter, you name it. A poker room near you as well, probably. All that and more coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Paul Spore. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts of the year. We have Paul always on SiriusXM Fantasy when we do baseball talk there. And now we get Paul right here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Paul, thanks for your time. Thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? Jeff, I'm well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm an avid listener, so it's always nice to get a chance to come on. Yeah. I love that You know, we listen to each other's stuff. I try to listen to more than I should. I, I should listen to more than I actually do. It's um, hard. It's hard it to keep is. up with everything. You know, there's so much great stuff out there. But yeah, I love. Obviously, I don't miss Sunday. I probably yeah. listen to at least four of the five, four of the uh, five episodes during the week of yeah. the pod. Uh, it's it's wonderful. But the Sunday one is the number one. No, no oh, offense okay. to anybody else, but it's the number one when you and Scott can go. Ah, oh, thanks. Appreciate you. Well, when you got Striker with you there, number That's, two overall in the main event. Yeah. I mean, how how can you not listen? And he's just casually leading my main event too. The yeah. one we're going to talk about, and that's the team that's "quote unquote" only in 106. So he's leading one, and then in the overall competition with his other one. And didn't he not start studying until like February 28th or something? He yeah, just, it just allegedly. rubs it in. Yeah, he just rubs it in a little extra yeah. there by being like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, baseball started. I guess I'll just go be a, a top two team in the overall and win another main." Right, Scott, Scott Striker, man, you get struck. You got to be careful. You don't want to get struck. Yeah, well, the one thing that's nice is he asked Greg not to put us each other in the same league, uh, which is something that didn't happen with you and your co-host, mm-hmm. Justin Mason. You guys are in the hot air league with Scott together. I mean, let's listen to the names of the people in this league. It's crazy. There's Paul Spore, There's Scott Jenstad, Jeff Zimmerman slash Brent Franey. They're together. Mm-hmm. They're a great combination. Uh, Dave Potts, overall main event winner. Does a lot of uh, work, obviously, at Roto Grinders as well. Uh, Michael Govier. Uh, you know, with uh, now FTN, uh, Emmett Ruin, second overall in the main event. Doesn't have a podcast that I'm aware of, but, but he obviously done. knows his stuff. Dustin McComas. I mean, Dusty's also another guy that knows his stuff and is also does a lot of uh, media work. He's huge, by the way, in the college football world. Like Huge in the Longhorns scape. We are actually, Dustin and I are actually 
IRL friends. You know, we, uh, we yeah. knew each other through our trivia night that he was actually on the uh, the rival team there. And he's like, hey, man, are you Paul Sporn? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm Dustin McGoes. I was like, bro. Like, I knew him from Twitter and everything. So right, for right. us to get placed in the same league was crazy, too. In addition to all the people that I knew in the industry, I had a real-life friend from Austin in my league, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, like you said, huge in the Longhorns world. Huge, huge. Like, if you, uh, you know, SB Nation, you know, he was like one of the main blogs there for the longest time. I mean, yeah. uh, when it comes to that there. So I read the Northwestern blog there and uh, all that. All that it used to be called Sipping on Purple. Now it's Inside in, in You. I like uh, but on purple, but maybe that has connotations they didn't want or something. Uh, perhaps. Well, they got. I think they were kind of independent at one point and then joined there. And the people that changed. Roger Sherman founded that one. You know, Roger's kind of yeah. risen up in the world. Uh, there. Uh, Dalton Del Don's in your league. Yes. Justin Justin Mason's in your, that league. I had my back right next to you guys. I was sitting in the three hole uh, in my Vegas main event, and I hear you guys like constantly. Plus. You had had uh, Brady Tinker as your moderator. Yes, which I, I mean, I was so happy about because I've heard oh, he's you guys so talk about him so much and the, the famous Brady Tinker. And then to get him for that league, I don't know how much of that Greg planned, but it was it was a perfect execution. It was ideal. Um, and, and the funny thing, you go through every league and you're like, oh my god, that guy and that mm-hmm. guy and that guy. Like in my league, or it's not my league. The one I'm playing in, I'm it's obviously not my league because if it were my <laughs> league, I'd be doing well in it. I'm in fourth, but it's slipping. Uh, you know, we got Matty Wood, uh, who's just he's been leading for a while now. Batflip Crazies, too, and John Posma, Hall of Famer three. I'm in two leagues with John. Yeah, thanks. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah both well, leagues um, I'm with them. Justin is in both of Jensted's leagues, so he got double struck. So oh no. I mean, you, you can't avoid you can't avoid the sharks. If you're coming right. into this into this pool, you can't avoid the sharks. You might not know all the names. That's almost more dangerous, too. If you get yeah. in a league and you don't know any of the names and you think you're safe, you're probably in bigger trouble than the people. You know, the, than the industry people that are in there, because some of these sharks are the silent ones that nobody's heard of, except for the, the NFBC heads. But if you're getting in fresh, you're like, oh, I don't recognize these names. You could be getting steamrolled by like five former champs. Well, and we're starting to hype up those names. You know, Vlad, yes. uh, Vlad Settler does a great job of hyping up Casey Cha, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Dussault uh, went from, you know, solid player to now everybody knows Phil Dussault. I mean, when you have a year like he did last year, but he's oh. also he's out there now, too. Yes, and Rob Cramatola, Bob, Big Money Bob, or Big yep. Bucks Bob, he's leading right now. He's putting his name on the uh, on, on the landscape here. People are learning about him. Steve Japinka is a gem from years oh ago. Gosh. Steven Weimer has the fourth and fifth overall rated teams. So there's a lot of names that, like I said, once you get into this world a little bit more, you start to know, but you could come in and not uh, not realize that you are, are totally the minnow in a shark tank yes. there uh, just because you don't recognize any industry names. Exactly, exactly. And you know, let's face it, some of the industry names haven't won it yet. <clears throat> this guy has hey. not won a main, a main event league yet. You had a big run last year. I got, you won I your got league, lucky. right? I did, I did. Yeah, it was the crazy. biggest sweat ever. I mean, it was the craziest month of fantasy baseball I've ever played. The best month. Uh, the sweat was amazing. I won it. At a concert festival, I'm sitting there scrolling, 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 scrolling. Oh, scrolling. no. <laughs> yep, yep, holding it up, making sure we're in the right spot. No, I'm not going to that stage because I don't get service at that stage. I'm staying over here. It was it was crazy. I, I just I couldn't get off my phone on Sunday that day, uh, but it was amazing. And You were great see, company, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm You know, my girlfriend, thankfully, she's fully understanding uh, yes. of all the fantasy stuff. Uh, she's a video game player herself, so she's a gamer. So she gets she gets the whole vibe of of all of it. So it's easy. I don't have to deal with hatred of video games or hatred of fantasy sports. She knows right. the deal, and it's awesome. 
That is awesome. She even went out to first pitch Arizona. Yes, and she'll probably be out again. She loved it. She got to hang out with Danielle, Justin's wife. I think nice. she's going again. And so I was like, you know, I don't know how much you're going to have to do, but if you want to come, come on. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. I want to meet your friends. And then her and Danielle went and had a spa day. So, yeah, I'm already excited for, for first pitch, even though it's still over a month away. Yeah. Or by the way, if you, if you guys don't know what first pitch is, first pitch Arizona run by the great folks at Baseball HQ, Ray Murphy, Brent Hershey. They do awesome stuff there. It used to be Ron Chandler running. Ron's still heavily involved, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great conference in Arizona. First weekend in November. It, we had a couple of years where it was in, in October, but – uh, top prospects in the Arizona Fall League, great seminars left and right, all the top people in it. And what I love now about this conference is like, you know, you, you're part of this, ne- the next wave of guys. And now Govier comes out here every year. You got all the, you know, Justin's out there every year. It's, it's fancy baseball is cool for a younger generation now. Too. Yes. It's not just us old guys and guys older than me. Think uh, about I how much it. we've lowered the age. Like when I first came there, I was the youngest guy by like 15, 20 years. This well, was so in was my thirties. So yeah. Was I. And I, so yeah. when you started, you were, and you're probably in your thirties or forties. And then like, it didn't really change. And then a wave hit. And like you said, it's gotten a lot younger and now we're getting more women. And like, it, it, it it is an inclusive environment. It's just we haven't seen it yet until people realize, hey, this is for everyone to come out to. But the youth has happened. And like I said, we're starting to see more uh, with women. Everyone's invited. It's the best. If you love baseball, I promise. And even if you're a shy person, come on through. Uh, there, You can have a small conversation. You can get a big conversation. We've just had, I haven't seen anybody that's come through that we've recommended that said, oh, I hated that. Right. I, I, I haven't had that yet. If somebody has, feel free to tell me in private. But and for we'll the most part. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, everyone comes and says it was amazing. Um, I didn't really know anybody, but I, I was invited into the conversations and everything. It's the best weekend, and it's a perfect way. I, I, I say like we're squirrels storing our acorns of baseball for the end of the season because we go get that last baseball fill, and then it has to do us for the whole winter, though. But yeah. it is that that great weekend. By the way, how excited are you for this home run derby we get this year? That's very, new. It, very excited. Now the Saturday have, night home run derby. I have to like. Hi- Get out of Dodge right after that because I'll oh. have soccer on Sunday. Um, oh, I'm still so you're coaching. missing the All-Stars game. Yeah, I am because of the schedule. And I'm missing that last Sunday, which stinks. But the way it works this year is, you know, when my your kids get older, they play in upper division soccer, which means they have to finish before the high school season ends. So it's a hard oh, stop. Okay. I, I can miss a regular season game, but that's going to be a playoff weekend. And it's very that. presumptive of me to say that we're going to be in the playoffs, but we won last year. So I've heard how well you, yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, familiar with your soccer exploits. So I don't think it's completely out of Not my exploits. No, 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 well, not mine. The kids, your, your child and, yeah. and her, and her friends and teammates, but uh, yeah. yeah, you guys always, always doing well. So that's understandable. That is the one kink is that, the Saturday night would usually be the fall stars. It's going to be the home run derby. And that did mess up some folks. I think a lot of people are actually going to have to miss Sunday, right. unfortunately. But I that also means we're going to have to front load the poker. Uh, Absolutely. The, yeah. Friday or Thursday, Friday and Saturday. We got to be playing it because you know, or Thursday and Friday, because Saturday might not be because people leave in early on Sunday. Right. Exactly. Um, but it'll so- be great. Come on out if you can afford it. Um, you know, if you got the time and, and the money to come out, it's you will not regret it. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, this year you're in the middle of the pack in the hot air league. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you're doing a second main too uh, with a partner. Um, yes. Colin Weatherwax and I, ours have, has not gone as well. Uh, we had one of those things where you hit that injury wave and like, obviously everyone hits injuries. So we're not saying that that was it, but it was one of those where we never got out of the way of those injuries. Yeah. And when you couldn't replace those, it, it sapped our offense, and we've been kind of grinding ever since. So we're just playing out the stream, making sure we have a quality team and you know a, a full team and all that. In the hot air league, you know we, we, we 
caught this on the wrong day. Maybe we should. We were going to go last week, but I'm just uh, looking at the standing page. You dropped a couple. Uh, dropped a spot. I or did. Two, huh? I did. I, w- I would have been like fourth, uh, third, or fourth last week. But it's it's that tight and it's insane. And yeah. what's crazy is, you know, I was looking at certain teams, like thinking I got to beat them, and then here comes Tanner Bell, aka Brent Franey, and Je- Jeff Zimmerman skyrocketing up from sixth to second. Now yeah. they're creating a mess. And like I said, if I if I have three pitchers going on a day, I can gain six seven points. If I have no pitchers and the other guys have pitchers going, I lose five, six points. So honestly, it's really going to come down to how many pitchers do I have in those last four or five days? Uh, because that's where our strikeouts are insane in that league. The, the, the tightness of that uh, of that standing is probably going to decide who who finishes where as far as second, third, and fourth. Because uh, I, I, w- I know Scott would never say this, and I don't blame him. You would never say that you have anything won. He has a ten and a half point lead though. He's got to be feeling pretty good. It's the categories though. You yeah, know, that's the thing. The thing. Is, Everything's so tight. Yeah, and the thing about Scott is, I'm looking at this here. I've never seen like a team that unbalanced winning a league by ten yes, points. Yes, I know that. And you know what's crazier about that to me is that he's still the number one in the overall in that league. I would have thought a team that that was that imbalanced, seventy two hitting, thirty three pitching, might have a team or two ahead of it in the overall because of his imbalance. But for Whatever reason, he's been able to still have a huge edge there as well, sitting 106th in the league with the next highest being 193. Scott was drafting first in this league. Sitting next to him was Dalton Del Don, who we all mm-hmm. know crushed it with the, last year, generally speaking, and was had this pitching heavy strategy to the so extreme and so successful that it affects others in his league. Oh, absolutely. Everyone, uh, everyone talked about it before the draft started. Everyone knew, like Justin knew, because he was picking third, that he had to pick his pitching around Dalton. I'm sure Scott took the approach of saying, hey, I'm not even going to force it. He went four hitters off the top. Right. But yeah, everyone was talking about, well, Dalton's going to have four or five pitchers in his first five, six picks. So what are you going to do from there? And I think with all the counter movements, it was kind of mutually assured destruction in a way. Uh, I yeah. feel like, because, you know, both Dalton and Justin are struggling in this league. Uh, but, you know, they... In the case of Dalton, he's got a really strong pitch. He's got, well, good pitching. It's just his hitting is getting killed. But maybe uh, – and just I, I think it's almost like you kind of hurt each other sometimes with that. And having the counter strategy is the way to go. Absolutely. And, like, you know, obviously you can also say, like, with Dalton, um, I don't know if you're familiar exactly with how Fab went for him, but he, he spent big on, like, Josh Lowe. So he spent 555 there, he, half yeah. his budget. Obviously didn't get what he wanted. I will say this. The most impressive thing for Dalton – is that he just ran out of fab last week because he was in single digits so early. Yeah, I remember that. He stretched it out, and he spent his last dollar last week um, on Giovanni Gallegos for Mike Moustakis, and I was just impressed that he made it to 9-4 with at least a buck because he spent early and often. He bought Taylor Ward. He bid, he had the big Josh Lowe bid. He paid big for Danny Jimenez. So he was spending big. That was 105 on Jimenez, 180 on Ward, 555 on Lowe. That was all before April was over, folks. So Dalton was fighting an uphill battle with his fab from that point forward and almost made it all the way to the finish line with him. You know, and – it just illustrates what a long season this season is. Yes. Ward was the pickup of the year for, for a two long, months. long time. Yeah. And that shoulder, by the way, I don't know if you guys have seen this because it, it was an article that did not get a lot of run. Uh, yeah. He said that the shoulder injury from May, not the hamstring injury that took him out for nine games after that, the shoulder is what's been killing him. And if you look since that point, He's been a disaster. So yeah. I think people are going to fade Ward based on the fact that he's finished horribly. If we get word of his health for next year and, and that the shoulder's good to go, I'm going to jump back in because I really do believe in him, but he fell off like crazy because of that injury. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it, that's that's worth noting. And yeah, I, you know, the thing is, we're going to all have take a collective breath over the offseason and kind of mm-hmm. go deal with that. You need that time just to step away, I feel like. And then you Absolutely. have time to do dives, uh, especially those of us that are content creators, um, you know, whether it's projections, just podcasts, whatever the case may be, where we're giving advice on how to do well. I mean, it's such a vast universe to do the thorough research on, a, on every player. It takes a while. It really um, does. And you can't do that in season. I can't. We, we take October off too. Like well, there'll be pods, but there'll be a lot fewer during the playoffs. And that's kind of our downshift for Justin. And Absolutely. I. And then as soon as November 1st hits, then we d- dive right back in, which I love. The, the month off is good enough for me. I just enjoy the playoffs. Like I said, we do like three pods, maybe across the, the month. Everything else is kind of decompressed. And then once November hits, we just go crazy again. And um, I know you do football. So you, that's such a difficult balance because you're having to do the football stuff on serious with the projections while maintaining a top 20 overall team and the, all the rest of your teams too. Hmm. How difficult is that battle when you, because you can't afford to not put in your heart and in, in football. That's a huge part of your job. Still. So it's nuts. Like August, August is nuts for me. August is probably the craziest. I have six podcasts a week there. Three baseball, oh two gosh. football and golf. Now oh, golf and- is just like, just let Jeff Ritter and Scott Jenstad share information. I just drive the bus. That's all. Well, and then you toured California for your daughter's college. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah, you yeah, were mixing that true. in in August during your busiest month. That's yeah. that's next level. I, I That was awesome, by the way. Oh, I, it looked beautiful. Every campus. I was like, oh, take me back. Take me back my, to college. Yeah, well, that that's exactly right. I mean, I was like. Oh, I, I wanted to apply to University of San Diego. The San Diego like, one. Let's yep. go. Yep. Let's go. Oh, that's a dream oh, destination for my girlfriend don't and I, be, too, eventually. Yeah. I know. Like, we don't have our old asses on a college campus, but you see it, and you're just like, oh, take me back. It was just so great, you know? Yeah. My parents did that for me when I was a kid. Forever remember that trip. And, you know, it's harder than ever for the kids these days to get into colleges. I, I don't envy only the imagine. process. Um, there's some things that are better. There's the common app, which is nice. Uh, that's something I didn't have. Yeah. Um, I didn't didn't have that either. You know, I personally test scores, bring them on. That that was my like super, my little superpower. That that was your strength. That was, that was something good for me. Um, sure. Wasn't my bubbly personality. I'll tell you that (laughs) much, but, uh, especially then I was just, I was a late bloomer. I I think I bloomed two weeks ago, but, uh, (laughs) anyways, um, you know, like the California schools, they won't even take this. It's kind of right. They, they don't take some of them, right? They, they don't even, even look. They, wow. You can't submit them even. Wow. Cases. At least the UC schools, a lot of private schools in California too. I think it's all over. That's the case. But regardless, I'm getting a little far afield. Sorry, uh, that's my fault. But that, that trip no, no. was awesome with all those uh, all, yeah. all those campuses. They look beautiful. So yeah. I hope she, whatever choice she makes, seems like it can't lose. But uh, she's got some good choices ahead of her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, hey. I'm 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 happy for that she's going to be able to experience that. But yeah, it's it's a busy time, but it's good. I mean, I, I get to I get to I get to have this busy. Time. That's the thing too, and I, I always say that too. It's like I do get busy, and, and sometimes it's a lot, but it's never too much where I'm ever complaining. Yeah, I'm when I'm doing inventory, it's looking at my teams and seeing who I have on various exactly. teams. Like I'm I not actually pulling things from the shelf and counting and, them. And stocking it and scanning SKUs, which I did right. when I worked at the Gap. You know, like I, I've, I've, I've had jobs like that, and that's mm-hmm. uh, no problem. But it never gets too hard where I'm like, oh, this sucks. I'm still watching baseball and literally can say that that's work. And that's yeah. amazing. Now, do you, do you have a quote-unquote real job now? No, Fangraphs is my real job. Nice. That's my full time. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were full time, but I, I wanted to make sure because I know for yeah. a while, you know, I, I you was know. freelancing everywhere for yeah. a minute. And honestly, I don't know if you even know this, but like you guys and Fangrass offered me full time in the same week. 
like they oh, really? DVR and Eno, and I couldn't decide. I couldn't. I'm like I I, I was afraid of like uh, hurting feelings or whatever. And then you and Derek like this is not a like a if you don't choose us we hate you type of thing. Eno said the same. And so the 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 tiebreaker was just who asked first because I couldn't decide. I couldn't yeah. possibly <laughs> decide. Uh, amazing. There's no wrong choice here. I was like Eno asked one day earlier. And, and we so, do business with Fangraphs, so and that's oh, the thing good. too. And like, oh, there good. was never anything. DVR said, "That's great, no problem. We wish you the best of luck. You're still the man." You know, like all that. Yeah. And so it made it easy. But what fortunate uh, luck I had to have two offers from two of the best spots in the industry in the same week. It was insane. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, and and we're gonna talk about what you're doing. And you know, for the twelve people that don't know your podcast that listen to ours, I mean, I, I the overlap is probably ludicrous but uh nonetheless we'll talk probably about a that. circle pretty close yeah, exactly uh before we do that though a uh, quick note from our uh, sponsor caesars the weather is heating up and boy is it ever out here and so are the promotions at caesars sportsbook today anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed caesars sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the caesars sportsbook promo code roto15 that's r-o-t-o-1-5 the promo code gives new users a risk-free first bet up to fifteen hundred dollars Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use promo code ROTO15 when signing up. Big thanks to Caesars for sponsoring us. So how many days a week are you potting now? So three right now. Um, we're doing three, two, two by yourself or two with Justin, one by myself. And then he does one with Jason Collette often on Sundays. Yep. It's going to change though next year. I think we're going to have five days a week, similar nice. to what RotoWire is doing. So I'm going to have a couple solos, a couple with Justin, and then one guest episode. So probably start that after the new year. Uh, so still in the off season, just a couple of week, And then starting January, dial it up into uh, into five a week. Because I, I love it. I love potting. I still love writing too, but podcasting, I think, is still my favorite avenue to uh, to participate in. That's why I love doing guest spots. So yeah, amping it up next year. But this year it's been this uh, pretty much a standard three uh, with Justin and I twice and once by myself. What was your best call this season? Akio Badu. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was quite <laughs> literally my worst call. Uh, that was really, really terrible. You know, I think I'm, – I'm trying to think of a pitcher one because obviously I love pitching. That's kind of where I focus. But I am going to give a hitter one. And I haven't really been, you know, going around slam dunking on this one, but Nathaniel Lowe was somebody I loved coming into the Yeah. And there was one thing about him. It was very clear. It, it, and just because, and I, I fall into this trap too, so I'm talking mostly to myself, but sometimes when a guy only has one thing to fix, I'm like, well, it's easy. It's one thing. But it can be a very severe thing. And in this case, it was get some lift on the ball. You can't just wake up and like, we've been saying that for Yandy Diaz for how long? Like, just lift the ball. If it were right. that easy, he would do it and hit 50 homers. So it's not easy. But it was the like one thing that Nathaniel Lowe needed to do to really go next level. And I was thinking worst case is he goes 18 and eight. Again, by the way, sneaky eight steals last year. But even if he went like 18, five steals, 264 average again, something like that. That would have been fine. But the upside was there for more. And he's hitting 306 with 24 homers, only two for four on the steals, which is fine because you're not really banking on first base mm -hmm. steals. But he's been awesome. And that's one of my favorite calls. I got him pretty much everywhere. I have him in the hot air league, and I'm really, really excited about everything that he's been doing. So, yeah, I would say Nathaniel Lowe, one of my better calls this year. Nice. And, and I picked Sandy Alcantara for the NL Cy Young. I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only one who liked him, but I was very in on that hype. And he was a bit divisive. 
He had his believers, but he also had his detractors. And uh, for me with Sandy, the one thing that was the big detraction for people was the strikeout rate. And every time someone brought that up, I said, well, what about the fact that his volume counterbalances that? Right. It reminds me of vintage uh, Wayno when he was still pitching like 220 innings and Chris Carpenter and even Roy Halladay to a degree. None of those three had huge K rates. But when you're pitching that many innings, you're still accumulating 180, 200 strikeouts by volume. And that's all that really matters unless you play in a K-9 league. So and, I love Sandy coming into the year. And not only that, and speaking of Sandy, like because maybe he induces a little bit more contact, he can have that volume. Exactly. And you know, allows you to get that volume. Um, and we've seen so many other starters go down. Uh, with, with especially the ones that have explosive carry rates and velocity, maybe that's an oh, he has the velocity. That's the thing. Yeah, he does. He have does the have the extreme velocity. That's the that's the weird part about all that. Um, going back to low real quick. The only thing I'm worried about low for next year is the batting average. He he's got a 362 BABIP this year, and he's that's- destroying lefties. Which is whenever it's lefty lefty destruction. I just get a little bit nervous because it's the hardest matchup there is in, in the game. They don't see a whole lot of lefties. Wow. He, has, he ha, is hitting 301 for his career, but it's a 350 this year with a 383. And it's too small of a sample for me to bet on that. So you're right. I would be careful if Lowe shoots up in price this year because that average, I think he's more of like a 275 true talent. 991 OPS. That's against lefties. That's yeah. That's crazy. With nine of his yeah. homers in 154 plate appearances. So Nate Lowe, Nathaniel Lowe is rocking lefties, which is a big uh, part of why he's been so good this year, which I like, but how bankable is it? I think that's a fair question to ask. Yeah. If you squint, you might see a little bit of Freddie Freeman starter kit there. Maybe a poor man's version. Agreed. Because uh, I don't know if the batting average is stable like uh, Freeman's, but at the same time, we're always like, okay, he, he's hitting great. And yeah, 25 homers is awesome. Was he ever going to get 40? He might not. But, hey, 25 every year, I would take take that. Yeah, especially if you can hit – if he can be a 280. If Nathaniel Lowe is like 280-plus here going forward and and maybe the 264 last year was the anomaly, that would be a game-changer. I will say this, too. I also think that Texas team could be a little bit sneaky next year. Um, Mm -hmm. Seager and and Semyon ended up being great. Semyon spotted the league 40 games before he hit his first homer. But other than that, he's been wonderful. Uh, So they go Semyon, Seager, Lowe at the top. I'm a Jonah Heim guy. I can't quit Leody Tavares. They've got some interesting young prospects. I'm eager to see what the new regime does, but I wonder if that offense might be halfway decent next year. I love Josh Young. He should come up and get a full season if his body will cooperate. He's coming up this weekend, in fact, right? Finally. I can't wait. I understand why. By the way, I didn't know this um, until Corbin Carroll's uh, brought it up was – they weren't, they weren't bringing up some guys when they were quote-unquote ready and, and available because they want to keep them for next year to have rookie of the year eligibility to possibly get that comp pick. So yeah. guys like Carroll and Young were pushed like a week or so later because of that. Uh, the, the so there's still time. service time games. Exactly. Even Play this stupid late games, win season. stupid prizes. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Even this late in the year, you have to worry yeah. about service time shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, Adelise Garcia's had a year. Oh, uh, my gosh. Now – how do you how do you view him? Because I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, that was a miss. I need to reassess on him." I disagree. I think it's very fortunate that he had this good of a season again. Um, I was actually pretty impressed with the fantasy community by not overrating him going thirty one sixteen last year. Maybe it turns out we should have. I understand me saying that now after he had a good year, but I thought he'd be like a top one fifty like expensive player. 
he was going late 100s, early 200s. Oh, yeah. And that's where I think the error might have been was maybe he should have gone a bit. Well, obviously he should have. He's going 2020 again. But this player pool, this player profile is not one that I want to bet on with 30% K rate, 5% walk. I think people are going to get fooled by Adelise, reinvest next year. And I don't know if he's going to put up another season like that. I'm terrified of Adelise. He's Garcia. the same player. I mean, the he's numbers exact are same almost guy. exactly the same. Almost, you know, the home runs are a little different. He's had more stolen bases, but. I mean, the OPS is within seven points of each other. I mean, he's not an on-base guy. I got him in single digits in Tout Wars. Exactly. It's an OBP league. And, you know, I'm getting what I'm getting. I got the 293 OBP. That's actually probably on the high end a little bit there. <laughs> I know. Uh, Some of the OBPs what? this year are terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. Two, two sub-300 OBPs. Can we bet on him to do it again? I guess, it again, it comes down to price. If people price him fairly again, I'll take an Adelise Garcia. But if they do jump it up because he's now done it two years in a row – I'm still going to fade. I don't think there was a market mistake on him. I think he just is an outlier who overperformed two years in a row. I think he's kind of, I think it will go up a little bit into the crazy. top 10 rounds. I think he's okay. like an eighth or ninth round player. You know, he he's going to be like the last 2020 guy drafted. You know, when sometimes you get Tim Anderson from that, sometimes you get Robbie Grossman. Sometimes you get Akil Badu. Yeah. Which is right. That's right where Akil Badu went and I, I took him. Was he 2020 last year though? Uh, I'm not quite but i really thought he could be this year i really really loved him i know i bring him up all the time just to roast myself but yeah he was he was 13 18 in 124 games 259 334 36 i don't understand why he's the worst player in the universe this year yeah Uh, it really is part of my frustration with bringing up and roasting my l on him is i don't get it like i don't even the people that were against him nobody saw this coming I didn't hear anybody saying, oh, he's going to be an irrelevant loser player. They were saying, oh, he's going to sit against lefties. He might have some batting average risk. Those were fair critiques. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody thought he would become a non-factor for the worst team in the universe. Yeah. I'm a Tigers uh, fan. For those that don't know, I, I'm very angry at the team. What's the fix? Um, there isn't a single fix because it really was a mix of everything. The offense greatly underperformed. Um, everyone in the rotation got hurt at one point. The, the starting rotation from the beginning of the year, everyone has had a significant injury at some point, yep. many of whom aren't even back. I think you can give it a little bit of a washout of like they just got everything. They got the lowest outcome across the board, it seems. But I am still nervous. And one of the fixes did happen, getting rid of Alavila. I'm sorry. He's just, he's just not very good at the job. And like yeah. – you know, I don't like to root for people to lose their job, but he'll be fine. It's not like he's going to go poor or anything. He just wasn't great at the job. I thought he had a weak deadline again this year. He's never been particularly strong at the deadline. It's time for a new regime, and hopefully a new regime can get get the Tigers going in the right direction because they've got talent. I still believe in Torque. I believe in Riley Green. Um, there's pieces here. The pitching is even impressive, too. I think Scooble's good. Mize went healthy. Manning has shown some flashes, although – how many people did he burn with that bad start against Seattle? But anyway, they can move the right direction with talent. It's time for the front office uh, to make a big step forward. And I, I'm eager to see who they hire because um, Avila's never been been the guy for me. I, I, the I like t- Dombrowski. Uh, the ta- yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, you had a great run. Yeah. Uh, because Dombrowski is always a win-now guy. Yeah, so he's always He's trying. never a rebuilder. Uh, but the timing was super weird on that, I thought. After the trade deadline, Agreed. after the draft. I mean, these Agreed. are key moments, decision points i mean if you're unhappy with them let's 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 and go you, right now you knew you were yeah, exactly like honestly like a late may departure probably should have been what happened yeah then somebody has a month and a half to get ready for the draft and like you said the deadline but that's the tiger's way to do everything even when they do something right there's still a tinge of wrongness to it because of the timing 
Yeah, my Reds fan sees you here. Uh, yeah, I know. You, you can definitely goes. commiserate uh, you and Scott with your A's and, and Reds there. Uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a tough scene for the three of us right now. Yeah, and then the big expenditure didn't work out either. Javi yeah. Baez is flat out terrible. Uh, and I got to be honest. 642 OPS. Oh, I, I, I didn't want him on the team. I, I talked myself into it because the price was actually pretty fair relative to what I thought it was going to be, 6140. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Correa was the obvious fit with Hinch. But then Story, Semyon, Seeger, all of them, I think, were, were better than Baez. The one thing is, is, at least he's still playing amazing defense, and that is fun to watch every day. But watching him at the dish, Jeff, if, if you can throw a slider, are you right-handed you can throw a slider at all, you can get him out because that's all the American League is doing, like even more so than the National League did. Right-handed pitchers are just sliders. I think they're inventing sliders even if they don't have one. Just because they know it can get Javi out. He hit a pitch that bounced in front of the plate. I mean, of course was... he did. Of course he did. <laughs> it was amazing he made contact. Yeah, but... it's like that's what he makes contact on. But then, you know, a, a pitch right down the middle, he like whiffs through. I don't know. He's frustrating. Yeah. He's an electric type player because of his defense and when he gets going at the dish. But I'm not super keen on that uh, on that move even for that, the rest that, of the five years. So you mentioned I have a really good team in the main. Um, mm-hmm. Baez was my fifth round pick in that league. I mean, even wow. really good teams are whiffs. Have, that, that's the thing too. Whiffs. And I think with Phil's year last year, and he helped illuminate this, people thought, oh, he must've made every perfect move without a doubt and unquestioned. And when he was doing the podcast runs, going around talking to people, he was pointing out, no, I made tons of bad moves. I made tons of like catastrophic errors. But you overcome them. You can't, you're never gonna have a fully perfect season. No matter what, there's six months, there's too many decisions. You are gonna make some bad decisions. And one of my favorite lines that Scott Pianowski always says, if you never cut anybody that you regret, you've probably been being too tight with it. And I yep. totally agree with that. And you know, you can't just hold on to everybody forever and think, well, they'll eventually come out of it. You need guys that are playing. So um, yeah, you make mistakes. Like you had that's a fifth rounder has been dead. You have gotten nothing. And he's him. still on my roster, by the way. I, I don't blame you though, too, because like, why would you like? Who are you going to get that's that has a where, higher upside? To to paraphrase a quote from an infamous team executive, where else are you going to go? Exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember the year Abdul Aziz Madani uh, won the overall, and just, that was in my league. Really, uh, yep. that's crazy. And he butchered the closers in that draft. Yes, he butchered did. It. Absolutely terrible job with the closers, and what run and won the whole thing going away. Um, yeah, you just never happen. know. It's the whole six month grind. Um, some of your moves are going to be the ones that you plan for and they perfectly hit. Some of them are going to be dumb luck. Like, listen, did I like Kyle Wright coming into the season? Absolutely. I thought I was a fan of his, but I got him for a dollar in the first fab. That mm-hmm. wasn't like uber savvy. He was third on my list. The first two guys went, you know, and so I'm not going to sit here and take all the credit. Like I was so smart to do that. I got lucky. I got an ace for a buck. And that really helped because I also took Michael Kopech's clown ass. Uh, you know, Kopech was cl- had, like, he puts it together at times and then other times he falls apart. His, I, his body and, and, you know, and I, I don't want to say this like when I'm, I'm critiquing him because I, I'm not trying to down him for mental health stuff, but we know he's had some, some issues there too. And you wonder yeah. if that's played a role too, because sure. Um, you know, he, like I said, he's had some things. So again, I'm not, I'm not dogging him out for that, but we know that that's something he's battled too. And that can be so hard as a pitcher. You're so isolated there that if you get in your head too much, that's why like, I like smart players, but sometimes players are too smart for their own good. And like, I don't want the Uber cerebral pitcher all the time. Cause sometimes they overthink themselves. You know, who I think does that is David price. And I love David Price, but I think sometimes he's almost too smart out there, 
overthinking things. Yeah. So we I all thought Kopech... we all were rooting for Brian Bannister to, to yes. nominate because he is the first to adopt uh, some of the saber metrics, some of the advanced metrics and everything. But like yeah. you know, you still got to have the, the raw have stuff arm talent. Yeah. And Kopech does, and I just hope that that he isn't just living in his head and realizes, hey, I'm good. I can succeed. I can be a G. Mm -hmm. So um, I hope his body cooperates next year too, because he's also had the knee issue that has really hurt him. Yeah. For him, it's walks and just can't get any length. I mean, those yep. are court. Those are correlated too, by yes. the way, but uh, 24 starts, 114 innings. Uh, you just, and that, that contributes to being four and nine too. I mean, you're just not Definitely. getting deep enough into games. Plus the bullpen is like not getting games to Hendricks uh, with him at many times too. the whole white Sox malaise. I mean, it's just, I know. Uh, what a what an awful underachievement just, i think it's i think it's a lot of it's tlr of course um, and Reinsdorf on top of that too exactly because Let, yeah. it's his fault like he hired his buddy and he just yeah. wanted to, he just wanted to hire his homie i mean they are six and two since he left and again not uh not wishing two games out i think he's just a terrible manager out. but yeah. that doesn't mean i want him to be sick but I think he should be gone from the team. Like he is not adding to the team. Miguel nope. Cairo, like you said, they're two out now. Don't be surprised if they come back and get that. Cleveland's not an unbeatable force. They're a quality team. They have some hitting this year, but they are catchable. And that central is wide open. And Minnesota, I liked them a lot. I'm very nervous with them losing Molly again. I think he's probably done for the year pretty much. Yeah, that was that was that was a tough one there. It was such uh, a good pickup, too. Such a good fit. Yesterday was just a dumpster fire day for them. Uh, yes. the double get swept in the double header and just gut punching fashion both times. I mean, grand slam by IKF, uh, the run through the Are stop sign and extra innings, uh, there, uh, just some, some really bad stuff. Yeah. It, and honestly, it's exactly what, uh, what the doctor ordered for the Yankees to get a, a two gamer. And uh, of course it had to be Minnesota. We know their playoff troubles with the Yankees. So Minnesota fans are like, well, of course, of course we drop a double header when the Yankees are playing their worst baseball ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, they still couldn't beat them. I'm sure that the Yankee fans were losing their minds yesterday. Yeah. Looking at uh, the White Sox schedule, uh, going back to them, four games at Oakland, two home games against the Rockies, one day makeup game against the Guardians, and then three more at the Tigers. It's time to make hay. Big this is time. a team that's better on the road than they are at home, too. Uh, like significantly so. If you get, you, you tend to think, okay, they're at home. They're at time to make a run. No, they're, they're, they're bad at home. 34 and 36 at home. That's interesting because yeah. it's a nice hitters park too. Like it's a great spot to hit. So, yep. wow, that that is wild to me. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you just look at them and it's, you know, other, you know, they're just not getting the strength pitch. And Dylan Cease is amazing, obviously. But you look at the rest of this rotation. I mean, is there a bigger flop than Giolito? Healthy flop? No, um, I I, re I really don't think so. At least Lynn is back. I think Lynn is actually back back. But that's well still only week, two. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, or Cueto, you know, how, how great has Cueto been? Can we give some love for Cueto? Yeah, what an course. amazing season he's put up. So yeah. they've got three guys going, but the other two are really dicey with Giolito and Kopech, who pitched again this week and didn't do well. I don't even know if they're going to let him take his next turn. So it won't be easy for the White Sox, but they are in it despite everything going wrong for them, at, you know, for most of the year at this point. And being totally inactive at the trade deadline, too. No, that was I, did, I didn't understand that. Inexcusable. Yes. Uh, Rockies-esque. Yeah. In the, uh, you know, in just terms of, we expect like, it from them though. At least uh, they get a pass because we know how stupid they are with the white Sox. We did not expect them to just sit on their hands and do like virtually nothing. Yeah. They're hanging out with the uh, Rockies under power lines, eating paste. I don't know what they're <laughs> doing. I mean, they're just oh, very dumb, very dumb. Uh, let's take a quick moment here for our, uh, put a sponsor in a moment from the blue wire network. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All of our podcasts are hosted by the Blue Wire Network, and we're thankful for that. Uh, so thank you for that, guys. A uh, couple other things I want to talk about here. Uh, and I just like this, just shooting shooting uh, stuff here with, uh, with Paul here. Wander Franco coming back. I did not yeah. learn my lesson on stashing. Vegas, Maine. I, I was the Tatis guy. I was like, oh. I'm doing the damn thing. At the you know at the break, I talked to Jenstad. I mean, he's still there. Un- improbably late. Got him at 153. Victory. You and, and Govier took him around the same time, I believe, thinking, yeah. hey, look, look what we got. I was walking out, hey, I got the max pick on uh, Tatis. The day after the main, or two days after the main, Gabe Kapler says that Jake McGee is the closer right now. Another victory lap. All right, let's go. When the manager says it, it's legit. Yeah. It's Unbelievable. And never Kapler has 20. Yeah, I mean, he, he. I think he almost likes to t- toy with the fantasy folks because like, yeah. uh, he dabbled a little bit in the fantasy like a- analysis world when he was first uh, out of coaching. I remember he was he doing some radio spots. I actually a little bit of friends with Gabe, and okay. um, you know, so he 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 did some things there. Now I think he just lives to troll us and say, "Right, this guy's my closer." And uh, I'll, I'll text him. I'll just say, "Hey, Gabe, tell tell me who the closer is." Yeah. You can but you, you know, can lie. Is- he was trustworthy last year. I know that's and that's why I fully believed it. When he said it was McGee, I was like, "Well, then it's McGee." And I had to move Camilo Duvall down because I really liked Duvall. Turns out it's mostly Duvall, and McGee's not even on the team anymore. For yeah. crying out loud! Well, and maybe the the real answer is McGee isn't McGee anymore either. That's also a good point. Yes. Yeah. So maybe he would have been the guy, but McGee failed, not Kapler. Maybe yeah. maybe that. But uh, you know, let's go back to Wander there because you brought him up. Yeah. So I replaced Tatis with Wander. So I really learned my lesson <laughs> on stashing. But um, I don't know. I 
for me with Wander this year, obviously, if you can get him for any amount of time this season at this point, you take mm-hmm. it all day. Sure. Were you drafting him coming into the year, though? What did you think of him as a fourth round pick? I didn't have any of them. The only place I have them is this one where I picked him up as a free agent when I finally cut bait on Tatis. Yeah, see, I, and that's how I felt this year. Like, I love him as a player. I think he's, like, really good. Obviously, I didn't predict this injury or anything, but from a talent standpoint, I just thought we were a year early on him. He reminds me right. of, like, the the Vlad Jr. the year before you know, the year before he broke out. And that's kind of what I was seeing out of Wander this year. Uh, obviously, it's kind of an incomplete grade because he only played 58 games. But I think next year... I don't think he's going to have much of a discount. I think this will move the price down around. Maybe he'll be like a fifth rounder. And I still don't think I'm going to pay it with wander. Cause I don't know where the powers like, where's the category juice. coming That's from? exactly the point right there. You, you um, know, exactly real life, better in real life than fantasy. Yep. Is, is and you know what he could be is Gavin Lux this year. Because if I tell you that Gavin Lux has a 127 WRC plus, you're like, dang, that's really nice. Cause it is 27% better than league average. That's excellent. He has six homers and seven steals and a 293 average. The average is good. The runs are solid. And Wander will have more runs because of where he bats. But I think it's going to be very similar to where, like you said, better real life than fantasy. And yep. that's why I'll probably still be out on Wander again next year. Yeah, I might be too. And then, and you mentioned Lux also. And at least Wander, you're going to get good defense. Lux, you don't even get oh, that. Which could cost him playing time. Yeah, you never know in the future. It could all uh, if he isn't hitting a 127 WRC plus, maybe then he's sitting an extra day or two. So that is nerve wracking as well. I like Lux a lot, but I was really disappointed with the category juice this year. Just not it just was not there. I mean, if you just look at shortstops next year, I mean, it, it's going to be pretty crazy how many good shortstops are going to be. It's we're in a really nice era when it comes it's to a, shortstop it's a production. Bone for sure. Yeah. I mean, are you going to take? You're not going to take him over my boy Dansby, are you? Uh, oh, I no. love Dansby. No, I'm yeah. I'm in on the Dansby train. You know that that's my victory lap. I was going to say that's one of your big guys this year. That's yeah. my guy. Um, I got to be a little careful about that, but because there's still a month left. But uh, he's been yeah. amazing, though. Yeah. Is he going to resign with the Braves or is he going to go out? I think they're, he's going to be the one that they let go. I, yeah. I know they've talked with him a bit, but I think they're going to they'll find a way to kind of like uh, replace him with another shortstop. But I, I think they might just be – he just might be the one that they don't sign and think that they can replace him. I, although I will say shortstop, so important. He's a premium player. He's still on the right side of 30. It might not be the seven-year, eight-year deals they've been doing, but maybe a nice four-year pact would be what they want. Yeah. 29, 20, I remember 30, when four years was a long-term deal, yeah. I know, I, mean, I know. But now it's like a shorter term. But they would only get him through 32. That's not too bad Well, um, committing yeah, to it, somebody. Yeah, well, let's just look at their teammates. I mean, they're all signing in year one, year two of their deal. That's the exactly. difference, obviously. Plus, they're getting Albies back sometime even this month, uh, probably. Mm-hmm. But they got Albies and Grissom. Something's got to give. Can either one of those play short? Uh, that's a good question. I think, well, Grissom has played some high minors short. So if they think he could be the future, that would be interesting. And then they move yeah. him there. I don't think he'd be better than Dansby defensively. Um, right. or offensively necessary. Dansby's bat has really come alive. But maybe that's what they're thinking as we go Albies Grissom at the Keystone and, and we let Swanson walk. But the thing of it is, when you sign these amazing deals the way they have, they can afford to, quote-unquote, overpay for Swanson a little bit. So even yeah. if it is a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit more than they would want, I might over, I might go crazy and just offer him like four one hundred again. Try to keep the years down, but give him a few extra bucks because you're paying pennies to Albies and and a, a few bucks to Michael Harrison and Ronald Acuna. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, next year, Wander or uh, Willie Adamas is his former teammate. 
That one's tough. I loved Adamas coming into this year. I don't think he's been a flop or anything. He hasn't exactly killed it, but he certainly hasn't been bad. I think, I think I'm going to go Adamas. I think there's more juice there. Like obviously the batting average for Wander is what you're going to get over Adamas. Right. But, but 26 and five, I think is better. And that's in 114 games of a full season. You're talking like 32 and, and eight type of deal. I think that's probably more than what I'm going to get from, from Wander. Yeah, I think Wanderer, I think you get it in runs also. Yes, runs uh, will be very big. That's a good point. But yeah, I mean, I, but that's about the range I'm looking at. And you're not going to pay fourth round for Willie Adamas. No. You're going to pay like eighth or ninth. Exactly. Maybe I, I, I got him a little later in one main. I got him in like 11th. Uh, but I think that was probably on the low end of where he went last uh, this this past year. Uh, you dig down a little bit, you know, and just I'm looking at earned auction values on the site. Trevor Story is a guy who was going two, three turn. Obviously, People he's going to go it. cheaper next year, but how much cheaper? Uh, like fifth, sixth, I think. Obviously, he's such a power speed stud that yeah. has, you know, the 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 pelts on the wall, as they say, the, the history, the experience. I think that'll be enough to keep people interested. Plus, he's still a double-double this year, 16-13 in yep. 91 games. It's not going to be hard to convince people to buy back in. I think we see a modest Trevor Story discount. I think all of his homers came in one month. but They I did. They, in one that. week, really. It was that <laughs> insane week where he just made up for everything. Exactly. Exactly there. So we'll have some tough calls. We'll have some tough decisions on that. No but doubt. I thought that was interesting. Um, Starling Marte, this is one that's hurting me. Uh, I've got him uh, in good main. Uh, and, you know, he got the partial non-displaced fracture uh, mm-hmm. in his finger. Uh, he gets hit by a lot of pitches. This is normal for him. I mean, this is his M.O. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo, same thing. You know, yes. This is kind of a I, you know, looks looks like they're I, gonna avoid the injury list. Go ahead. I used to fade Marte because of it when yeah. he was a pirate. As much as I liked him and the power speed was there, especially when the power was emerging, he had that 19 homers in 2015. His hit by pitches, 24, 17, 19, 16, and it was hitting his games played 135, 135, 153, 129. That was 2013 to 2016. That was a period time period there where I was fading him. Then he played 77 games the following year. Not every injury he had was caused by hit by pitches, but he was costing, you know, adding to his health profile on the negative side by constantly getting hit by pitches. And that was a concern I had. Now 33, he's still awesome, 16, 18 with a 292, but 13 more hit by pitches this year and now dealing with the uh with the finger issue he's in he's DHing right now coming down the stretch you have to be so bummed that you're not having one of your best power speed guys he's a do everything guy this year too 76 yep. runs 63 ribbies 292 average he's everything for you so hopefully he just misses you know these couple games and then gets back but that has to be such a bummer because he's been such an instrumental piece for everyone. And now he'll be 34 next year. I wonder where he goes next season with Starling Marte. Does he stay where he's at or does he start to slip down due to the, uh, the ageism that we have in fantasy baseball? Got caught nine times so far on the base pass. So, you know, it's not as efficient. Uh, Buck Showalter doesn't like to run as much any or have his players like to run as often. Uh, That works against him. He, He was a third third round pick in most leagues sometimes second uh i was i'd expect a little bit of a discount um even if he like he plays quickly i think the power is kind of be at risk the rest of the season because definitely of finger. so i'm worried about that big time so we'll see about that but uh, i'll be sweating that one there a uh, couple more guys before we let you get out of here uh i, I want to talk a little bit about max scherzer going on the aisle stay, yes. stay for the mets here this is a, an oblique Again, you now he's down. They're downplaying it, calling fatigue, irritation. 
It's not the first go around with him dealing with an oblique injury. It's not, but I, I actually take them mostly at their word. Obviously I know that teams obfuscate things and, and they don't always have to give yeah. everything because it's a competitive advantage for their, for their opposition. Not as much in baseball. You're not contact, you know, cause we know hockey, we're both uh, Red Wings fans. They'll say like lower body injury. So you don't know right. which leg right. to attack things like that. Uh, but I, I tend to believe that, Hey, they know that they're going to at least get in the playoffs, right? They're not worried about that. They'd love to win the division, but Max is only important to them in October. Or not only important, but most important to them in October. They need him. I think with getting DeGrom back, if they didn't have DeGrom, I wonder if maybe they'd be like, hmm, maybe we'll push it here, and mm-hmm. he could pitch through it if he needed to. But I think it's smart, and as frustrating as it is for fantasy folks, I cannot even fathom losing your ace right now down the stretch if you're in head-to-head playoffs or if you're chasing a roto title. But it makes it makes sense for the Mets, and I, I again I take them mostly at face value here, saying that it is mostly a fatigue and management situation because they need him in October. Because that Degrom Scherzer one-two punch, they can go as far as those two will take them. Absolutely, Mets or Braves? Who's who wins the division? Scott, uh, or, excuse me, Scott, Jeff. I, I think the Braves are going to win the World Series again. Like I, I I'm yeah. looking at this team, and they're insane. I think it's, I think they're a lot better than they were last year, to be honest just looking at the team top to bottom. So I think they're going to take the division. I think they have a great shot to win it again, too. I'm a huge Spencer Strider fan. I've always liked uh, Max Fried. I talked to how I liked Kyle Wright. Charlie Morton's been fine basically since late May. And uh, Jake Odorizzi is always a sneak guy, and he's not going to be instrumental in the playoffs because he'll probably be out of the bullpen. Uh, but he might get a start or two when the LCS comes if they make it because of the new schedule where you have to – where there's not fewer off days. So I love their rotation. Their their lineup crushes. They play good defense. How are they not one of the favorites right now? They have I think, to be. I mean, you just look at what they've done since, like, May. Yeah, you have to argue. You know, calling up Michael Harris was this master stroke. They didn't have a center fielder. They no. were trying to fake Acuna every there a little bit, but he really couldn't do it. I mean, they had some they had some gnarly players playing center field. They're forcing Ozuna to play in the outfield. And uh, nobody needs you to never see that. Want that. Yeah, I think yeah. Guillermo Heredia, maybe that was last year when he's playing. But, like, they yeah, they had – you know, Guillermo Reddy is still on the team. They had him playing out there. I think they had Orlando Arcia getting some time. So, like, let's call up this Michael Harris guy and look at what he's done out of nowhere. Yeah. He was not a premium. He was a he was a good prospect. I don't want to dog him out. He's 37th overall in uh, our top 100 at Fangraphs. But he wasn't coming up with, like, a 60 future value. Uh, he was supposed to be, like, a do-a-bit-of-everything kind of guy, and he's been a standout stud. The biggest change for him is not fantasy-related. He's been a defensive god, and his profile on, on Fangraphs gave him a 50-grade defense, defense, which is just average, and Michael Harris has played well above average in center field. That's been mm-hmm. a huge move for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm pulling up. I, I think James might have even been higher. That's one of the reasons why I went aggressively on him. Yes, Both, uh, I, I heard he was a, a Harris guy. Yeah, and so that's why I got him in in one one of the two mains, and I got him in Scarf, part of the Earth Series Elite. Love it. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you anywhere I got him. I mean, I see this like sea of green on his page. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, I just love it. It's, it's so huge. I mean, I know we've been spinning a lot of things forward here, but he's going to be an interesting guy next year too, because with yeah. the power and speed. I mean, and if he has a big playoff on the main stage where people, you know, I always talk about playoff tax guys. There's always a couple every year, like Randy Rosarena obviously was a a recent one. But like I could see Harris having a big playoff and shooting himself up to like fourth round type of height. Like I could really see a major hype machine on Michael Harris. And I understand it. I don't know if I'd fully go that high, but I totally get the excitement with Michael Harris. Yeah. 
I, I do too. I do too. I mean, between Strider, Harris, and Grissom, I mean, you add those three rookies in that production to an, uh, the defending World Series champ. That's unfair. And, and, and a Swanson full-scale breakout. And, yeah. and that's why, and that's exactly why they don't even miss Ozzie Albies. Of course, they'd love if he was there, but in terms of their bottom line, they don't even feel that loss because of what those three have done and Swanson's uh, emergence. They don't even necessarily notice that Ozzie. And Albies they're not getting gone. real Acuna either. Exactly. I mean, so, and they haven't needed either of those because everyone else has picked up the weight. What a deep yeah. team! What an insane it is. club! Yeah. Love seeing uh, Anthopoulos get his due uh, after yes. he kind of, we all loved him in Toronto and it didn't work out. And now he gets to do things his way and it's working totally out. working. It's totally yeah. working. Love seeing it there. Um, how about, uh, okay. So you got the Braves uh, winning it all perhaps uh, even over the Dodgers. Is it going to be Braves Dodgers again? Are we going to see that a reprise of that series? I think so. And it's hard to go against the Dodgers. I just I I look at this Braves team and I just I I, I can't find the weaknesses. I, I look at the Dodgers team. I'm worried about the bullpen. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a little bit more confident in the bridge to Kimbrel, but it's once you get to Kimbrel that I obviously have a little bit more concern. They don't have the depth of rotation as normal, and the offense, like you know, it's good. It's great. It's great. Obviously, there's tons of great guys, but. If, if Gallo and Bellinger don't, one of them doesn't step up in the playoffs, you got two dead holes there at the end, and mm -hmm. that can really cut into your lineup there. So obviously they're one of the favorites too, but uh, I think a Houston Atlanta rematch, uh, I think we're, we're screaming toward that. It's hard, it's hard to see otherwise. Playoffs are amazing because anything can happen, but if right. you're handicapping it, I, I can't get too far from Houston Atlanta. I like it. I like it. We'll leave on that note. Uh, Paul, tell everybody when and where they can find you. Hit me up on Twitter at Sporer, S-P-O-R-E-R. Also on Twitch, doing the same. I play a lot of MLB The Show and Out of the Park Baseball. Been doing a lot of fun Out of the Park Baseball simulations. I took a team of all prospects, tried to see, like I traded, uh, I took Seattle's team, traded for guys like Rutschman, um, uh, Michael Harris, the aforementioned Spencer Strider, bunch of prospects. Just put them on a team and you can simulate. You can do anything in Out of the Park. So it's a lot of fun. I, I started the Angels. You can live start from any day. I started the day before the 14-game losing streak to see if I could change their fate, and we won the World Series. So, yeah, a lot of video nice. gaming on Twitch, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Spore. Also do a lot of fantasy drafts there. So next year during uh, February and March, come through for a bunch of NFBC drafts that I do. Those have been a lot more popular year over year there. So love coming on Twitch, even if you're not a video game head. We got people that don't even have a PlayStation. They just come to hang out for the baseball talk. So don't think you need to be Mr. Yeah, video I know. Game. I I know of people that do this. Yes, yes, you do. And uh, yeah, you don't have to be Mr. Video Game to hang out. We're always just talking baseball, having a great time. Awesome, awesome stuff there. Thanks, Paul. Great Thanks, time. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Two-star starters coming up tomorrow with Clay and Todd. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.